The better life that God wants you to have is paid with miracles. This is the place for miracles. Hi there, I'm Lindsay Roberts, and I am joined with my daughter, Jordan Lindsay Roberts, my precious angel. And I want to say something to you, very poignant and very blunt. This is my daughter, Jordan, and she's not dead. Now, that may sound a little weird to you, but the truth of the matter is, Jordan is not my first child, even though she's my oldest child that lived. Jordan is my fourth child in pregnancy-wise. Um, miscarriages and a son that lived a day and a half, and then finally my Jordan. And in the process of all of that, I was going through such tragedy, such turmoil, such mocking, such horrible nightmares and horrible press and horrible Christians and horrible people that I'd gotten myself to a point where I said to Richard, I'm done. I don't ever want to have a child again. I'm done. I'm finished. And your granddaddy, Oral Roberts, said to me, what's on the other side of your miracle if you don't get back and believe? And there's my answer right there, my Jordan Lindsay Roberts. I went to Nigeria just barely days after burying my son, Richard Oral, And the tragedy and the turmoil and the physical pain of it was unexplainable. And anyone who's ever lost a child or had miscarriages or had people mock you and mock your faith, um, that was all rolled into one, not to mention the physical side of it. And when I went to Nigeria, there was a wonderful family there Benson and Margaret Idahosa that ministered to me and gave me hope through the Word of God to try again. And I can't even begin to tell you how honored I am to have my daughter sitting next to me, but how grateful I am that God answered my prayers. And I just want to ask you, when you hear these goofy stories from your mother and you know your grandfather was Oral Roberts and your dad's out preaching, what does that do to you to believe God for the impossible? Well, I mean, growing up in this family, I think we are innately bred to believe for the impossible, which may not be the case for regular people out there. With this bunch, it's kind <laughs> we of are a bunch. <laughs> We're quite a crew. But, you know, I think it's a great example, though, of regular people, because that's what we really are. We're regular people, but we do believe for the impossible. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the situations in the human natural realm may seem impossible. And were impossible in a lot of ways but with the amazing faith that the family was born with that we have learned to use and and you were not born into the Roberts no. family no, you were not. married into it so you were a regular person out here doing your own thing who comes yeah, in I was in school yeah and that's I, a, I think that's different that's a great example of well you're Roberts so you're you're different than me that's not my situation I wasn't born into that well you weren't so no. From your perspective, this normal person who comes into this crazy bunch and then all of a sudden all this stuff falls into your lap and you are now put in a position to have to believe for the impossible too. It is sort of, I don't like this word because I never let my kids say shut up when they were little. I didn't like it. I thought it was degrading. No, she really didn't. I really didn't. But it is sort of a put up or shut up situation yeah. because I had to believe what I believed. And I had to defend what I believed. And I had to defend what I believed in the middle of, of criticism. Well, sometimes being with the last name Roberts, as in Oral Roberts, sometimes that is really, really detrimental. You can really get criticized. On the other hand, growing up under Oral Roberts with the faith of that man brings you into a dimension of what the Bible is in action, and it gives you an opportunity to believe for the impossible. Right, I mean, growing up watching this, 
you see so many things that I think when you're really small, you don't realize are these impossible, insurmountable tasks that are just happening in front of you because it becomes the norm. But as you grow up and you get older, you really see all these task after task that seemed impossible that with the supernatural faith and holding firm on things that didn't always seem that way became surmountable tasks and became things that came to pass. Jordan's going to wrap me out here because Jordan is very honest and forthright and will tell you how it is. I'm going to read something to you and then I'm going to let her wrap me out. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, and this is a Jewish translation Bible and it says this, um, it says, stop dwelling on past events and brooding over times gone by. Don't say one word yet. <laughs> I'm doing something new. It'll spring up. Can't you see it? I'm making a road in the desert and a river in the wasteland. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 was the very scripture that I got healed on. Once I had recognized all that was happening to me, I was finished. I was done. Kaput. The end. End of story. I didn't want to be in the family. I didn't want to get pregnant again. I didn't want to talk about faith. I love God. I love Jesus. But I got really tired of the persecution of people telling me I had to be perfect. And not in my family, but I'm saying outside people that came in, well, you're a Roberts. This should happen. And here I am. I just buried my son. I don't want to talk to you. And so that's honesty. And then it says this in the message. Same word. Isaiah 43, 18, 19 says this. Forget about what happened. Well, that's easy to say, but not so easy to do, right? Yeah. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert, be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. And it says, there it is. I'm making a road through your desert. If I didn't believe the word of God, I could very much, I'm real logical. And like I said, I was in law school when I met Richard. I'm, I'm practical, I'm analytical. I'm the kind of person that's gotta be in the book and by the book. And yet faith is not, it's in the book, but faith is something that you have to believe individually. And God would not let me dwell on the past. It was easier to dwell in the past. I was not past grieving. I wanted to keep grieving maybe like for a million more years. And while grieving is a natural process, there is a point where if you don't get back into the word of God, it can be terrible. And you've seen me do that. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes you're hurting so bad, healing hasn't crossed your mind but your daddy, and I'm going to give him credit, won't allow that in our family. I think he was blessed, born blessed, with a, a supernatural ability to move on from things that most people would find themselves stuck in. And I think in order to be called to the things that he's called to do, he had to have that trait. Sometimes it's annoying when you're the one who's stuck on something and he's like, mm, move on. You just wanna strangle him sometimes. But you know, there is an upside to that. And that's something that most of the time I share that trait. So it's a little bit easier for me to swallow. I know that not everyone does. And sometimes it's hard when someone's telling you to just get over it. And well, thanks, but that's not really helpful. helpful. Yeah. yeah, get over it. If I knew how to get over it, don't you think I would? I'd be over it. Right? I mean, logic would say if I knew how to do that, I would just do it. So obviously I'm missing something or something is hindering me in some way. And I believe that there is a normal grieving process. I believe as me, for example, I have to talk things out. I have to. But when you got to the point, me speaking, when I got to the point where I was talking it out so much, that was all I was talking about. 
Right. That's There's a difference the between talking it out and talking something and to dwelling death. on the past. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's those are different, and sometimes that can be a fine line. And because I had spent so much time talking on the past and dwelling on the past and dwelling on the, this started when I was 18. I was told at 18 I'd never have children, and I had so many things go wrong physically, and I had so many surgeries, and I had so much of this and that that there was a lot of evidence to what was happening. So as a result of it, I slipped into. The, the, the common chatter about the evidence of what was happening, and I was not, and he knew this, I was not slipping into the evidence of faith. And as a result of it, he saw me not just staying in neutral, not just talking about things that had happened, because this has been, you know, I married your dad when I was 24, but I was told at 18 I'd never have kids. So for me, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, this was getting ridiculous. And I had to get that out of my system, in fact, 26 and 27. And so there was that fine line of when it became the entire topic of my conversation. And that's when your daddy stepped in and he said, you'll never get forward if you don't stop looking backwards. There's truth to that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, you know, you don't know, how do you know where you're going if you don't know where you've been? Yeah. Well, to have been there means that you're not there anymore. And it's easy to say, you know, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going forward, I'm, I'm looking in the past, but you're really not. If you're sitting dwelling in it, you're sitting in the past. Yep. And moving forward, it's not always that easy. It's not, you know, snap your fingers, get over it. But you have to find a way to use your faith, suck up all that the word says about it, if that's what you have to do. Even if you have to profess what you're not 100% on board with yet yep. till you get to that point. And that's faith. You gotta, yeah, you, I mean, it's the evidence of things unseen. If they're unseen, then you haven't they're seen not them. there. Yep. Sometimes you gotta profess those things until you get to that point. I have a Bible, my red Bible. Anyone who knows me knows about my red Bible to where the pages are falling out. It's so marked up you can't see the words in it anymore. But in that Bible, I had written Jordan's name. I did not have Jordan. I was not having baby Jordans. I was having one miscarriage after another, after another, after another. Well, I had a miscarriage, and then another miscarriage, and then they thought another miscarriage, and then I had the child that I birthed and was perfectly healthy, they thought, and lived a day and a half. And along comes Jordan. We call her pregnancy number four. It's probably more than that. And, and at the point of where I was giving up, I got a hold of remember ye not the former things, don't consider the things of old. Again, I, I, now I see it in the message, forget about what happened. That was so easy to read and I could not get over the hurdle of it until I became what I call a door locker. I went into my room, I locked the door and I said to everybody, don't talk to me, just leave me here with the word of God. Sometimes we have to become a door locker where I locked everything from the world out. I locked, yes, I knew the medical diagnosis. I knew what doctors were saying. I knew all of that, but I locked it all out and I sat with the word of God and I believed the word of God. In fact, you know, you know Joel Osteen and, and his daddy, John Osteen, was a dear, dear friend of ours. And John had given me a book called The ABCs of Faith. And that, that book triggered my thinking. It literally triggered me from out of the realm of I can't do this, I just can't do this, to faith. And it was just literally, it's, it's actually, it almost looked like a children's book, it was so small. But the ABCs of faith are saying that if you get into the word of God, have faith in God, believe that you receive it and you shall have it. That's, all it. that's all it took for me, that one scripture. Because the Bible is designed to work. And I think it's easy to even find yourself in a position innocently where the people around you are 
comforting you or trying to be supportive, but in their being supportive, all they're doing is coddling you. Mm -hmm. And at some point, you have to shut all of that out. And mm -hmm. if you cannot surround yourself with people who are speaking in faith and uplifting you, then temporarily or for some cases permanently, you have to shut them out. I had to get, the Bible talks very clearly about surrounding yourself with your own company. And I had to get myself into a company of faith or I could feel that I was slipping away. And I wanna say this to you, I want Jordan to pray for you and I wanna pray for you today because you may be right at the point where I was in the middle of the mess. And you may say, well, you're here now. Oh, honey, I remember the middle of the mess. There, I, can, I can tell you other messes I found myself in, but I have discovered that the way for me, this is me, to get out of the middle of the mess is to get into the middle of the Word of God. The only way I know how to get out of the middle of the mess is to get into the middle of the Word. And when I got the Word of God, listen, if you could possibly have eaten the pages of the Bible, I would have eaten them. I ingested the Word of God into my spirit, man, morning, noon, and night because I really needed it morning, noon, and night. And as it came out, I decided nothing is gonna stop me from my Jordan. It means obtaining the promise of God and crossing over to the other side. Why do you think I named this child Jordan? That was why. Because I was determined to obtain the promise of God and cross over to the other side, the side of the miracles, the side of the blessings. So right now I'm gonna have Jordan start. I wanna finish it off and we wanna pray for you. And we wanna to say to you, you may be in the middle of the mess and somebody may be saying, just stay there and, and be, you know, it may be your time of healing that, that way. But when for me, I stayed there a little too long, I had gotten to the point where I felt hopeless. I don't want you to feel hopeless. You do whatever you have to do, but at the point where you feel like you can receive prayer, let's get prayer, let's get out of hopelessness, let's get out into the Word of God and let's believe for the miraculous. I went from hopelessness to the miraculous right here. Will you start prayer, Jordan? Sure. You know, I know it's easy when you're in the middle of things for your vision, you can't see the forest through the trees because it's just so much in front of you. But I don't know, at least for me personally, I don't know of a moment that I didn't want prayer. Yeah. I may not have been ready to just get over it, but I know that there was never a moment that I didn't want prayer. So in the moment, wherever you are, I just pray right now, Father, that you reach them where they are at. Reach them in a way that only you can, that only the Holy Spirit can comfort them in a way that humans can never do. Father, I just pray that no matter the situation, nothing is too great for you to intervene. Nothing is too great for the Holy Spirit to be the comforter that the situation demands. And Father, no matter what's going on in their lives, and no matter what is clouding them, even well-intended family and friends, Father, I just pray that they seek seek what you are desiring for them. Seek those people to shut them out temporarily, even with their good intentions, but to focus on you. Focus on what you have called them to do. Focus on what you have put in front of them. Focus on the promises that you have made them, even if they have yet to come to pass. Father, I thank you that you wrap your loving arms around them. No matter how bad the situation is, there is always hope. As human beings, I think we're innately born to cling to hope. Without hope, I think that's when we just give up. So Father, I just thank you for showing whatever the situation is and whomever is in the situation that there is hope and there's always hope with you, no matter what's going on. Yes. I wanna say something about this really quickly. He was never mean, he was never harsh, he was never correctional, although he had stuff to correct, he was never critical, that's the way, but he was directional. 
I don't want to be critical. I don't want you to feel anything critical. I don't want people to be critical of you. Believe me, there were times I had to grieve. I had to walk through it. I, there was a natural time I had to walk through it. But instead of being critical, he was directional. He would point me to the Holy Spirit, and he would point me to healing, and he would point me to hope, and he would point me to the Word of God. So that's what I want to do with you today. I want to point you to hope, and I want to point you to healing. And the best friend you'll ever have is the one that won't be critical, because I don't like that, but the one that will be directional, that will say, baby, let's go this way. And I want to say the same thing to you. Honey, let's go to the Word of God. I pray as my honey, that's what I'm saying. He would say to me, honey, let's go to the Word of God. I pray that as we go to the Word of God, the Word of God, God begins to give you hope, begins to give you help, begins to give you a future. And I'm going to, because you're the one that prayed for me, and you're the one that took me to Africa, you're the one I want you to pray, and then I'm going to close it out. Father, right now, I just pray for a spirit of peace. I hear the words harmony and unity in your heart, and that you would come to the knowledge that God has not fallen off the throne. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what he did for Lindsay and for me He'll do for you because he's no respecter of persons. And I pray over you. So calm down, take a chill pill <laughs> and say, Father, I put it in your hands. In your timing, you're going to bring the miracle. And I say to the devil, you take your hands off this person's harvest, off your harvest. I tell the devil to take his hands off your harvest. And I send the angels of the Lord to gather in that harvest, that miracle, and bring it to you in every area of your life. In Jesus' name. I want to say it to you again. When he said calm down, there is a calm in the Holy Spirit. There is a chill in the Holy Spirit in that we don't have to get into all the wildness of it because he knows me. I was there. Yeah. He experienced it. I was there. And, and I could experience the peace and the calm of the Holy Spirit. So my prayer for you right now is for you to experience peace and for you to experience the calm of the Holy Spirit and for you to experience the oneness with the Holy Spirit because I'm telling you, there is a peace that surpasses your human understanding. There is a joy. You may think she's really gone off the deep. No, there is a joy of the Lord, not the situation, not what you've been through, not the trauma, but of the Lord, which gives you strength. And Satan doesn't want you to have strength. Satan doesn't want you to try again. Satan doesn't want you to get up. Satan, the devil, wants to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But God said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I speak the healing power of God over you. I speak the healing virtue of God over you. I speak the calm of God over you. I speak the peace of God over you. I speak the joy of the Lord, which is your strength. And I speak right now that the healing hope of Jesus Christ becomes your portion. I pray for you to be healed physically. I had to be healed physically. Too. I pray for you to be healed emotionally. I pray for you to be healed spiritually. I had to have a lot of healing go on, not just in my emotions, not just in my physical body, but I just had to be healed. I pray for you to be healed. And I pray for you to look at a miracle. I, she knows. Every time I say the word miracle and look at her, I can't handle it. I just get all emotional. But this is a miracle. And God's no respecter of persons. And I pray for you to get the same miracle because God is God. I pray for your miracle to manifest. I pray for whatever your miracle is, for it to manifest in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you or someone you know is dealing with a loss of any kind, Lindsay's book, 36 Hours with an Angel, will help you move through loss and grief while bringing peace, comfort, and faith to overcome. Order 36 Hours with an Angel online at oralroberts.com bookstore. And Lindsay's new release of Cry for Miracles is available October 1st. Lindsay's honest and frank sharing of her challenges and encouraging, 
biblical teaching will minister to you right where you're at. Don't miss it. OralRoberts.com slash bookstore.